Hallelujah. God is so good. Amen. Amen. Wow. Worship. Thank you. It was, uh, was awesome. As uh, worship was going, I also, let's just pray for uh, Bill Frankert. And uh, we had an amazing Friday night. Uh, miracles that were breaking out. I truly believe that anointing is residing in this building today, too. Uh, it doesn't just go away. Again, it's not a man that it follows. It, yes, God pours out through men and women. They bring an anointing, but it's not to disappear when they go. That's kind of like Jesus preaching the word in one city, but it disappears when he goes. And that's not, our, that's not how God works. So let's just pay for Bill. He was super, super sad. I mean, he was, uh, they were all a little shocked because it was very clear communications and somehow, how many of you know that sometimes there's just some glitches, okay, just glitches, so uh, let's just pray for him. He's actually on the plane right now to Toronto, and he's going to a, a school tonight where there's over a thousand students, and they are literally speaking and praying into the election tomorrow. So I believe that's important, okay? So Father, we just thank you for, for Bill Prankert, a friend, a true father in this country, and, and his assistant. We pray their safety on this airplane, uh, if there's any connections, that they get them on time. We pray, Lord God, for the school that they're going to tonight. Uh, in, the, in the Toronto region, we pray that there will be a breakout, a Holy Spirit breakout with over a thousand students, Lord God, as they speak and pray into the elections tomorrow. They are preparing for such, just all of us are preparing for such a time as this, that there is a victory tomorrow, a victory that will rewrite history. We pray, oh God, oh God, we pray and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Whew. You know, I was, uh, I was uh, thinking about what to share because obviously it was fairly spontaneous. And um, uh, I thought, you know what, I didn't finish up from last week. And there's a few things that the Lord was pouring out on my heart. And then in worship, I was processing. And, and, and all of a sudden, some, some memories of testimony started popping back into my mind. And, and I thought, there's one in particular, and I thought of, and, and I'm like, well, Lord, you know, it was powerful. But, and he said, share it. And uh, I remember one time uh, we were in Mexico as years and years ago. We had a little Volkswagen van again, uh, Mexican, Mexican Volkswagen. It actually had Mexican plates on it. And uh, we, had, we were on our way out to minister. I think Sharon and the kids were, were staying at home. But we were on our way. I had that thing loaded up. It was amazing what we could put into that Volkswagen. Uh, I mean, it had the, the screen, the video screen, uh, the projector, the generator, the videos, uh, the sound system, plus probably half a dozen or maybe even more. Sometimes I think our record was 17 people in that van um, and drive, like drive two hours to get somewhere. And so we were going out, but there had been storms in the mountain hills, in the hills. And we, we were in Baja, Mexico, which is a very desert, arid place. There's flash floods and everything. And, uh, and some of the, the people that were coming were like, man, maybe we shouldn't go. It might be a bit too dangerous. And I'm like, no, we can go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. You know, we can do this thing, you know. And uh, we get to a totally flooded out stream, like river. And it is roaring and raging. And, and people, other cars were sitting there uh, trying to decide whether they should cross or not. And you know what? It would have been so easy for us to turn around and drive an hour and a half back into town. But something was in my spirit saying, if he can part the Red Sea, 
There's something he can do here because we need to get to this little village area. They don't have a church. They're wanting to build one and start one. We need to get there and help them. And we're praying. And so the cars in front of us, one of them, you know, they were talking about it. And so what they did is they had this long rope and they tied it onto the bumper of the car. And I'm thinking, okay, it's the back bumper. So if they drive in and go down, I guess maybe they'll just swing down in the river and end up on the bank over here. And so we're sitting there and we're like, yeah, okay, well, let's see if they can make it. And out they go. They were like a little SUV type thing, you know, actually a little taller with bigger tires than ours. And they head out and they get out to about just not quite middle of the stream and I'm watching it do the bounce. And we're all going, and I, you know, we're watching, and people are starting to, oh, you know, on the shore, and it's like, you know, and it's doing the bounce, and you could hear him gunning it, and it was, it was trying to go best as he can, and it's bouncing, it's bouncing, and then it's floating. And we're watching it, and it's floating, it's floating. The nice thing is we did have the rope tied on. And so he just floated, floated, sinking, 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 and got himself down close enough to shore that when he actually sank, he was flooded. I mean, they were sitting in water, like their seats, like it was the engine had quit and everything else. And, and a couple people in my van that had said, we probably shouldn't go today because it's raining in the mountains, looked at me. And I'm like, hmm. But our God's a big God. Like, seriously, we got to be able to do this thing. And they're like, you are crazy. And they said, because, you know, you, you know, you've got money, you can, I'm, no, no, it had nothing to do with money. Are you kidding me? Like, this is our life, and this is my van, and I didn't have money. It's like a Volkswagen van again. We really prayed. I really prayed. I was questioning whether we should or not. So they tied the rope onto the back of our bumper. Now, that vehicle's down there. He's sunk. He can't get him out. They will eventually. They'll haul him out and pump his cylinders and drain his oil and get him going at some point in time, but, and I'm thinking, yeah. Lord, what's up? And I felt like the Lord say, you need to see with my eyes and follow me instead of see with your eyes and follow you. You see, we're in a season where we need to look through his eyes and not ours. Because I wrote something as we were sitting here in worship, God is so big that no matter who wins the election tomorrow, it should not change how we live lives for Jesus. No matter who wins tomorrow has no dictation on your calling and what you're called to do. Matter of fact, if the wrong one gets in there, <laughs> I'm a little nervous right now, I'll be honest with you. But then we say the wrong one, but is it wrong if God truly has sovereignty and we believe in the sovereignty of God and we truly believe that he appoints the government? I'm not saying that we don't fight the laws, the ridiculous things that are happening. I mean, it's, it's what I'm saying is we do not have the right to speak against God's will and purposes in our country. He's not for sin, absolutely not. But I tell you what, I said last week, my first prayer for our current prime minister right now is that he has an encounter with Jesus. It is not that he gets removed. It is that he has an encounter with the living God that something shifts and changes and he steps into the true calling of his life. I am in 
A lot of disagreement on some of the decisions that have been made over the last year and a half. Let me put it that way. But I'll tell you what. It was starting to get me down last year, and I had to realize and say, hold it. Hold it. I've been in 49 countries of the world ministering and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I started to think, which country had the best government in it? And if I only went to the countries and I only preached the gospel the way I'm called to preach and I only lived a Christian life like I'm called to, which is for him and the joy of the Lord is our strength, if that's the only way I'll do it is if the government's correct, then I wouldn't have gone anywhere. I have not found a country with the perfect government anywhere in this world. And I want to encourage us, no matter who makes it in, it should not change who you are and your calling and your sons and daughters calling and your grandbabies calling, it should not change it. No matter what viruses, diseases, and sicknesses and rules and regulations are around us, it should never, ever take away from who you are in Jesus Christ. And if you're living in negativity because of the world around you, your eyes are not looking through the eyes of God. You're looking through the eyes of your own man. And we need to realize that this is the opportune time. We are the most opportune time in recorded history. We are called to be history makers, not because the government says so, but because my government says so, and this is him right here. This is my law. This is my rule right here, and his name is Jesus Christ, my living Lord and Savior. I spoke a little bit about Joshua 5, 13 and 15 when here's the Israelites and they're struggling. Oh, you want to know the story? <laughs> Kevin would love it. He loves Volkswagens. Yeah. I, will be, I will admit that thing was unbelievable. I mean, how it held up was crazy. I mean, German yeah, German engineering. Kevin's dad worked for Volkswagen for years, so. <laughs> and they looked at me in the van, and they were looking to see if the leader was fearful or worried. My wife always said, when we were on our boat, when we sailed out of Mission, British Columbia, in 1996, with a vision to go and preach the gospel, and we headed south, not even knowing for sure where we were going to go. We end up in Mexico. But she said in the middle of that violent storm that we hit for four, four days in a five-and-a-half nonstop trip to San Francisco, 75 knots of wind, 25 to 30-foot seas. She's Norwegian. I thought she was good in boats, but she gets seasick. <laughs> and she told me afterwards, she said, the only time I'm really fearful is if you are. As long as you're confident, the boat or the captain, as long as you're confident, I'm okay. I'll tell you what, we need some confident Christians. Because there's a lot of people looking for people to follow. <laughs> and I said, I had an overwhelming peace that passed all understanding come into me in that van. And I looked at him, I said, my God is bigger than that raging river. 
And there's people that need to hear the gospel for the very first time. And who are we if we don't do what God is calling us to do? Who are we if I let physical or situations around me dictate the call that God has called us into? Who am I? I said, we're going. He said, well, we're all getting out. I said, no, I need your weight. I need you with me. Because you know what? Without each other, you're lightweights. You're not solid. You're not firm on the ground without each other. <laughs> you think you can do it on your own? No. That was never destined. You show me anywhere in this word that says you're to be the lone ranger out there. Tonto even says, no. Some of the younger ones don't have a clue what just happened there, so that's okay. No, because there's another horse and rider that's way more powerful. I said, no, I need the weight. I said, this thing, well, it's all sealed up. The thing would probably float like a boat without a motor. <laughs> Little did I know, someone jumped out and tied the rope on the back of my van. I think they were that nervous, and they quick had to untie it from the other vehicle. They tied it on the back of my van and tied it to the next vehicle behind me. And off we went, praying. Boy, you should hear those Mexican pastors pray. <laughs> oh, it was not all in Spanish. It was definitely a lot of tongues going on. And I'm thinking, Lord, do I go fast? Do I go slow? Well, I think, figured the engine's in the back. Not in the front, but it is very low. Keep the RPMs up. But I feel like the Lord say, you don't have to do everything fast. Sometimes slow and steady is the way to go. I kept it in first gear, RPMs up high. I don't know what happened. We never lifted or hopped one time. We get to the other side. And they're praising God. Well, they started praising just after we started climbing up the deep part, out of the deep part. I started, oh, their whole prayers changed from concern to joy. I had no idea we had a rope tied in the back. And I went up the other side, and I'm like, yeah, and my whole van is, yeah, yeah, oh, she got up and I'm giving it, shifting to second, and we hit the other van, the other vehicle behind us with the rope. Boom! What was that? I kept flooring it, thinking, is this river still getting me? And we yanked the car behind us right across as well. And he was happy. They were like, yeah! Go, go! Follow the missionary evangelist, you know? Little did we know, the car that was behind us was actually the leader of the little village that hated Christianity. So I want to ask you, will we let circumstances stand in our way? Will we let the things of this world drag us down? 
Where will we hear the, va- the voice of God and say, oh, my Lord, my Lord, I know you are with me. You will never leave me or forsake me. No matter who wins tomorrow, oh, I'm praying for the change. But no matter who wins tomorrow, it's going to be a great day tomorrow. And Tuesday will be an amazing day to celebrate the glory of our Lord and Father and to become the shining light that we're not out there by ourselves, but we're actually pulling the people with us. Hmm. I have a vision about that angel that Joshua was talking to in Joshua 5.13. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold. Now, you got to remember, the Israelites were in a very bad place right now. (laughs) And behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. You see, we need to open our supernatural eyes to really see the ways of the Lord. Because if all we're doing is looking with our physical eyesight, you will be blinded to his ways and you will look for your ways to be done. Even in the middle of his move and his sovereignty right now, even during this COVID season, he is still sovereign. He has a plan and a purpose. He has not abandoned you. He has not forsaken you. He still has a plan and a purpose. And no matter what, if the government says, you know, you're going to stay at home all by yourself, hmm. It reminds me of the underground churches that I've been in some of the very violent nations of the world. And it was totally illegal. And they're pulling me out of my hotel. They actually said when I left my hotel, dress as if you're a tourist, but bring a change of clothes. And they put me in their vehicle. Windows are blacked out. 8.30, 9 o'clock at night, I'm thinking, wow, what time do these guys do church? And they take me down this little back alley. And I have to walk down these stairs into a basement. No windows in the lower part of the basement building. Some business upstairs. And we walk in. And the lights are on dim. And there's got to be at least four to 500 people there praying. They whoosh me into the back. I quickly get changed into some ministry clothes. And I come out and minister to people that were willing to lose their life or at least the minimum absolutely imprisoned because it was against the law. But you know what was interesting? They weren't fighting the government. They were literally being obedient to the call of God in their life. I'm not saying that you can't be called to change the government. But I believe one of the greatest ways to change the government is raise up history makers, become a history maker, and become the government of this country. He lifted his eyes, looked, and beheld. A man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, so you've got to remember, this guy's looking pretty fierce, Okay. And Joshua says, are you for us or for our adversaries? In other words, are you for us or against us? And the angel said, neither or no. I'm not for you, and I'm not for them. (laughs) I'm actually for my Lord. 
and or, and some theologians would say that it was the Lord. But as a commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. In other words, I came for a purpose. Are you willing to follow and listen? Or do you have your own plan that's going to supersede my call? And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? And then the commander of the Lord, Lord's army said to Joshua, Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. I believe that things we need to talk about is free will and sovereignty. Do we believe in sovereignty of the Lord? Are there still sovereign times today? Will God still have his way? Or are we in control of the way? Well, I hope we don't think we're in control of the way or you probably think too highly of yourself. But we learn through all things. I'll tell you what, we've lost a lot of freedoms. I have absolutely, absolutely been against many of the freedoms that we have lost. As I was against back when the helmet law came in for motorcycles, I was really against it. I was against the seatbelt law. Anybody remember? We used to drive around without seatbelts all the time. The kids, we used to sit in the back of the station wagon, four of us playing games and doing everything while we're driving down the road. Anybody remember those times? How angry were we when the seatbelt law came in? You know what I said? I said, if you want to put a seatbelt law in, go for it. But it doesn't mean I have to because it's my life and it's my choice. It's my body whether I die or not. And when the helmet law came in, are you kidding me? I'm like, I don't need to wear a helmet. It's all, I'm the only one that's going to be killed if I get in an accident. How can the government control me to wear a helmet on my head when it's my responsibility in my life? It's kind of interesting, isn't it? <laughs> Isaiah 54, verse 13. Isaiah 54, starting in 13. All your children shall be taught by the Lord. In other words, your children don't always learn from the Lord, but they should. I think as parents, we teach our children a lot. Are they being taught by the Lord? Or are they being taught by our own eyesight and our own fears? in our own worries, and our own concerns. Just like the Bible says, you know, that, that any, any sickness or disease, it's going to kill you. <laughs> when the serpent jumps out of the fire and bites you, it's going to kill you. <laughs> no. It doesn't say that in the Bible. Matter of fact, it says, nothing will harm you. See, we're called to walk in such an authority of his presence and his glory in our lives that when that dumb serpent jumps out of the fire and bites you on the leg, you shake it off and put it back in the fire and burn it up. I'm not saying you won't get sick. I had COVID, heavy case of it. Uh, summer 2020. I know it's a real it's a virus. I don't think any of us can deny it's a virus. Now, at the beginning, people said it's not a virus. It's a virus. And it's funny, the people that were denying it's a virus, a lot of them have it now. There's a problem. Should it be what it lockdowns it is? Mm, that's where I won't say my political stance right now. 
I survived. All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. In righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression. Oh, I'm glad we're not oppressed. For you shall not fear. I'm glad we as believers aren't living in fear. And, or from terror. You should not have terror impacting your life. For it shall not come near you. It could be all around you, but it should not come near you. Indeed, they shall surely assemble, but not because of me. Whoever assembles against you shall fall for your sake. Behold, I have created the blacksmith who blows the coals in the fire, who brings forth an instrument for his work, and I have created the spoiler to destroy. No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. You see, we love verse 17, but many times we don't read the verses leading up to it. That no weapons formed against you shall prosper is because the weapons were all against them. <laughs> the government was against him. The weapons were against him. Everything was against him. So if you're going to quote verse 17, no, wolf, no weapon formed against me or you shall prosper, you expect there's got to be weapons or the verse makes no sense. This is your heritage. This is your heritage to your sons and daughters. You know what? If mom and dad are living in fear, I guarantee the kids are also going to have some fear in them. So basically what Isaiah is saying, if anyone comes against you, it will not be from the Lord. The Lord has not sent this plague. He has not sent this virus to hurt you, condemn you, because I get some prophets out there saying that it's, it's because of America's sin. I just, I just want to say I do not agree <laughs> at all. Now, I'm not going to name them, I'm not going to list them, and I'm not going to shame them. Are you kidding? They're brothers in Christ. But we can agree to disagree sometimes. I do not believe that God is looking down at Canada and America and say, you deserve it, my people, because I love you so much. I'm willing to do anything for you, but no, 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 you deserve this. No, you don't. If you've got cancer in you, you don't deserve it. It's time to get rid of it right now in Jesus' name. You've got COVID, you don't deserve it. Actually, if you've got COVID, you shouldn't be in here. But anyways, you don't deserve it. <laughs> we have a special room for you with all healing people, okay? So. You see, God's moving through all the mess of these times. He never stopped moving. He's never given up hope for Canada. Matter of fact, he's never even stopped standing on guard for us. <laughs> Whoops. So we must learn to move with him, even if we don't understand his way. You see, he wrote this, not so we understand everything, but so we seek his face daily to get revelation of his understanding every day and increase in our life. I mean, these things with Joshua, I, I would follow that guy. When that angel said, I'm neither for you or against you, you know what? He could have had a little hissy fit and said, what do you mean you're not for me? 
I'm a follower. What do you mean? I'm the leader of the Israelites. What do you mean? How could God send an angel that wasn't for me? You know why? Because Joshua, you and your team were so worried about all the circumstances going around you that you sat there in your tents and done nothing. So why don't you just follow me? Why don't we just follow him? What if he came in here right now? Oh, that's right, he is. Where two or more gathered, he is there with us in his name. Maybe this was the pre-incarnate Christ. I'm not sure. But I know one thing. He was high-ranking, high-powerful, and he wasn't there just for the cause of Joshua's cause. You see... I believe the sovereignty of God is not here just for your cause. And I need to make sure and pray why I have so many people that cover us and surround us that when we feel the Lord has given us a mandate that we have confirmation after confirmation that this is the word of the Lord. Otherwise, I'm expecting God to join my cause instead of me follow his. Acts chapter 4, verse 32 to 511. I'm not going to speak it. It is, uh, it's about sharing all things. It's about Ananias and Sapphira. And you know what? It's interesting because they were supposed to sell. Everyone was selling everything and bringing it and putting it at the apostles' feet. Boy, could you imagine if a leader said that in the church right now? You need to sell everything and bring it at my feet. All your money, just bring it at my feet. Oh, boy. Anyways, this is what was happening. The guy, he was a pretty good guy. His name was Peter. But Ananias and Sapphira held a little bit back. We all know the story probably in here. And so it wasn't that they lied to Peter, but that they lied to God when they came and said this was everything. And I bring up Ananias and Sapphira to make sure that we don't create a culture from an exception you see, Ananias and Sapphira were killed because they lied to the Holy Spirit, to God, and to the people. But yet Peter was one of the well-known liars. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, he was very, very clear. Matthew 26, verse 34 and 35, Jesus said to Peter, Assuredly, I say to you that this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And Peter said to him, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. What happened? Then people came to him. Aren't you connected with that, Jesus? No, no, don't even know him. What a liar. It's interesting. It's interesting. You see, it's not about taking one scripture and pulling it out of context, which overrides the foundation of Scripture. The reason I'm saying that is there's a lot of people doing it. A lot of people are fighting a fight out of context. I think we need to make sure that we're contextual in the Scripture, that the fundamentals stay the primary. You know what? I believe that some of us spent as much time fighting as we did evangelizing. We'd have a different-looking church. We're in a culture that's crazy. First time in history that I can think of 
that the culture where people have transformed sin into an identity statement, and they recognize this instead of a behavior, it's an identity, that a certain group that live in sin have changed the culture to become identity instead of a behavior of sin. We have to be so careful that we don't align. And you might be thinking, oh, well, that's a certain group. I want to make sure that it's not a culture in any of us. That we're not so geared to be a fighter that we forget the primary purpose is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. That you and I are called and destined to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, and cast out demons. I would much rather see people being preached the gospel with miracle signs and wonders than anger and hatred, especially towards our governments or other believers, and verbally speaking it. I've heard pastors slander other pastors because one pastor is in agreement with the vaccine and the other pastor is against it, thinks it's the mark of the beast. What? You want to wear a mask and this group is hates you because you're not, you, you want to wear a mask and, and they don't believe you should wear a mask. And there's a hatred that has formed that I've never seen in my history of the church. Yeah, oh, devil's winning. You bet he is in that department. Because I truly want to find anywhere in Scripture that says that your fellow Christian, because they don't carry your political views, I have the right to blaspheme them? Are you kidding me? You want a vaccine? Get the vaccine. You don't want a vaccine? Don't get the vaccine. That's your call. Do I agree with it? I think it's, no, I don't. Do you need to get it? Maybe. I travel internationally. What am I going to do? Do nothing? That's what I have been doing. Well, I've been doing something here, but I haven't been traveling. Everyone has to make their own decisions and choices. Isaiah 45, 1 to 3. Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have held. How many of us believe that we live or can live in the anointing of God? Well, first of all, when we're gathered together like this, he's with us. I believe there's a corporate anointing in this house just because we have come together to meet which would probably be a real good reason why this virus is demanding by the leaders that we don't meet. Well, as of now, we're good. But other provinces are in it before. It's interesting how everything God says that we need to do, never forsake each other, love each other, help each other, give each other a holy hug and kiss, <laughs> smile, be happy, gather together, assemble together. It's interesting how everything that God has called you and me to do has been under attack. So two ways we can fight that battle. One, we can get depressed, angry, and slander everybody. Or two, 
we can be so on fire with Jesus and with God and Holy Spirit in our lives that we become a shining light in dark places. Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have held, to subdue nations before him and loose the armor of kings, to open before him the double doors so that the gates will not shut. I will go before you I will make the, I will go, the Lord will go before you and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. Who will do that? I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that you may know that I, the Lord, who call you by your name, am the God of Israel. I believe that we are about to see in America and Canadian politics a sudden interruption by the divine purposes of God. That's what I believe. I believe no matter who wins our election tomorrow, that there will be suddenlies that are waiting to happen in this nation. God will not move, God will not be moved or be shaken. But we need to learn how to navigate this season. Well, and looking for the opportune times that we have right now. I do believe we're in an opportune time. I truly do. There are more people looking for truth than ever before right now. The first thing we need to check and make sure is where are your loyalties? We must be people that have loyalty to the kingdom of God. That's our primary loyalty is to the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God, it transcends political and current events. Believe me, the kingdom of God is not shaking right now because of the current events. I believe that we are in a Kairos moment uh, and that we should never ever as Christians be defined by a political party. Oh, I have already voted. Both votes. I have to show one piece of ID for a federal election, but two pieces for our municipal election. That's kind of interesting. Oh, I voted. I'll be honest with you. I voted for change. I'm not going to say who. My personal opinion at this point in time, any change would probably be good, but that's what I voted for, okay? Change. You can figure it out from there. Because if you're defined by what political parties in power then you actually have a political spirit on you. Oh, you need to be pro your party that you choose. You need to go after it with everything. You need to get everyone involved to vote. And whoever makes it in, do not be defined going to say by a loser or a winner, okay, but do not be defined <laughs> by a loser or a winner, I guess, so that's good. Take it whichever way you want to look at that. The second thing we need is to behave with good character and good morals. No matter what's going on around you, if you lose your character and your morals, what testimony are you? You're a king among kings. And if we don't understand what God is currently doing, because right now he's doing something magnificent and mighty, I guarantee you he is up to something. We need to be very careful how we speak about this season. It will go in history. 
one day you might say to your kids or your grandkids, uh, yeah, we were a part of that where the church completely disintegrated and erupted and split because it hated each other over masks or over a vaccine. And your kids will look at you and say, well, I sure don't want to be a part of that religion. Or, you know what, son, daughter? It was crazy. But they were some of the best times in our lives. You know what? My neighbor was so depressed that I got to go over and just love on the guy. I brought him some food and love on him. I mean, I had to wear my mask and at a distance, but I handed it to him. And the next couple times, he took his mask off and said, thank you. And he started coming to the church I love, the family. Or... Yep, we locked ourselves inside the house. Didn't do a thing. It's interesting. Uh, people that I know at the early stages of, of 2020 COVID. Tons of uh, physical issues, elderly couple. They actually never stepped foot out of their house, both of them. Their family went and got did groceries. They brought them to the front door under the porch, left them. They would wait three, four, five hours before they grabbed the groceries, put gloves on, everything, wore masks inside. Interesting, they both got COVID. Thank the Lord they survived. Watch your words before you speak. If it's about another brother or sister or pastor or group, I don't care what denomination it is, if they have some form of believing that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior, Watch what you say. That's all I ask. One thing that gets our name taken out of the book of life is blaspheming of the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine if that person, that pastor that really believes that the injection is good, and you blaspheme him, and he has Holy Spirit in him, you're taking a big risk. It's not our, our place to prophesy judgment over people. But it's your duty and my duty to see people through the eyes of God's perspective. The third thing is we need to get out of the way sometimes. The way of God. In sovereign moments of God, we need to put our heads down, listen, and learn to follow His directions. Even when we don't understand them, we need to follow Him through it all. I believe God is asking His people right now, His body, do you believe I'm sovereign and in control? Do you believe God is sovereign and in control? Or is he no longer sovereign and completely out of control? He's lost it. He's lost the whole world. It's done. Canada's done. Canada's not done. We're a nation to have the greatest revival in history, and it's on its way. I believe it's already begun. I believe we're entering a season and a time, and we have entered it, that demands from us a different attitude. Not an attitude to roll over and get beaten and kicked up. I'm not talking about that. I'm a survivalist. I've got enough uh, firepower 
Now that could be fire, power, and the Holy Spirit. You can take it any way you want. Yet if I have to, I'll go north and live off the land. But I will not reject my Lord and Savior. And I will not shut down the church. If it throws me in jail, I've got a captive audience. Many people don't understand the greater good in the current moves of God, but I want to tell you what, as long as you have breath, you need to check right now if you're alive or dead. But if you're in here breathing or you're on TV watching right now breathing, then God has destined you for great purpose. It is not to live depressed. It's not to live in sadness. It's not to live in sickness and disease. It's not to live in that at all. He has called you to live in this great nation that was founded on biblical principles. And even though we lose losing so many rights, it doesn't mean this is any less important. Matter of fact, I have always said, because people ask me, why do not many miracles happen in Canada? You travel around the world and you go into these other areas and you see uh, so many sick cancers, tumors dissolve. You see so many miracles. Why doesn't that happen in Canada? I'll tell you what. You know, the answer was, we're probably not persecuted enough. I'm not calling for persecution by any means, not at all. I actually believe that we need to be a righteous church now before the persecution hits. And you might say, oh my goodness, we're persecuted. You know what? You should come to a couple countries I go to. God is taking care of us all. He didn't lose his love or vision for you, his bride, not at all. Matter of fact, I believe all of heaven is waiting and watching to see what you and I are willing to do. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. You see, I, he knows the thoughts that he thinks towards us. No matter what you think, he knows his thoughts towards you and me. And what are they? Thoughts of peace and not evil. To give you a future and a hope. Well, I'll tell you what. Through Jesus Christ, your living Lord and Savior, you have a future and a hope. And if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or you've been backslidden or fallen out of the church or fallen away from him, I want to tell you, today is the greatest day for you in your life. One decision will change everything for you. And if you're watching right now on TV, one decision today changes it all for you. You and I can no longer live a mediocre Christian life. We are called to be fired up on fire, walking in signs and wonders wherever we go. Our calling has never been to expect a political government to do the work of revival. It has never been that. God never designed it that way. God designed his people to rise up in the circumstances of the day, to get out of their seats and get out of their chairs and go do the work of the ministry. Because I guarantee you, the whole New Testament was a little bit politically tough. Just study the life of the 12 apostles and just see how they met their end because it all was premature. God's inviting you to join him now. Not when our government changes. Now. 
God wants you to trust and follow Him and Him alone. We need to ask God to adjust our thinking and change our attitudes. Change our actions. Change our behaviors that could actually be resistant to God's plan. I'm not saying you're not called to be a freedom fighter. I celebrate the freedom fighters. I just say do it as Christ-like. I celebrate us going out and and protesting and picketing or doing the things, but do it Christ-like. Don't join a a cult movement and emit what happened south of the border and even in our country here by an organization that had a really good sounding slogan with a really, really, really bad purpose. And violence and burn the city down and burn the churches. Are you kidding me? It's not it. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 to 25. Let us hold fast the confession of our what? Hope, faith. Faith and hope. They coexist. You can't pull them apart. Because if you don't have hope, then you've lost your faith. If you don't have faith, or you have faith by verbally but lost your hope, I question your faith. They coexist. That's why some scriptures, it's hope, and some scriptures it's faith, because the word in the Hebrew and the Greek and the Aramaic translate them together. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope, our faith, without wavering. <laughs> For he Oh, by the way, this is New Testament. For he who promised is faithful. Do we believe he's faithful? Easy to believe it. But yet sometimes totally depressed at all the stuff going on around us. Verse 24. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Not forsaken the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some. There are some in the family that no longer gather. They have forsaken the gathering of the saints. Oh, but I can watch it on YouTube. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's wonderful. Does YouTube help you when you're down, depressed, saddened? Do they know? Are they an accountability for anyone? Do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as it is the manner of some. Instead, exhorting one another. That means encouraging, impacting, empowering one another. You know what? If you got, a, if you got cancer in your body, I want to encourage you that it doesn't belong there. You're depressed? I want to encourage you right now. Here's the living Lord. He's the answer. It's not just drugs. It's not drugs. I go to God first this morning we're all sitting in here what's he going to do well it's actually not up to a man (laughs) it's not up to Bill it's not up to me it's not up to this leadership it's actually up to you because I have no doubt in my mind God is doing something but if we've shut our mind down already then we have no more ears to hear if we've been offended already let's find out why you got offended Well, I'm offended because Bill's not here. 
I get it. I am too. <laughs> and let us consider. I was actually when I heard it. I was I was shell shocked. That doesn't happen very often in in our ministry and in the ministry. And I don't think it happens all the time with Bill either because he was a little surprised. But you know what? Uh, we could have said, you know what? We're not going to do any meetings with you then. Or we could have said, well, why didn't you get a hold of your PA and ream her out? Well, that's because it's his daughter. <laughs> no. After the shock hit, I, Kevin, we decided we're going for it. We're going for it. And you know what? Just so you know, a little bit of your finances, we gave him an honorarium even though he didn't preach here on Sunday. I'm not saying that boastfully. I'm just saying that if you're really bummed out about something, do something back. As a Christ follower, not as an angry person. He was shocked. He's already messaged me already this morning and says, you know what, I'm coming back. And we're going to do a whole weekend of miracle meetings. I said, amen. I'm game for that. Let's do that. So they posted. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Let's all stand. We're here to stir up love and good works in you. And pray that you here with your partner, your, whoever you're with, family, friends, husband, wife, or nobody, no one, you're just here by yourselves while you are here with family. We're here to stir up in love and good works, not forsaken the assembling of ourselves together. We're not here to exhort one another in pride, anger, it's not this house. If you're angry about something, we're going to try to help you just find Jesus and Holy Spirit. <laughs> I mean, there's good at righteous anger. I'm not saying that you can't have righteous anger. It's just if you've let anger, hurt, or pain from your history or your past still hang on you and drag you down, we just need more Jesus in you, Holy Spirit in you. You see, when we gather together, our expectation is when we come together that we come in those doors one way and we go out those doors another way. How you go out those doors today or downstairs to have, have lunch with us is really your choice, your attitude. I used to always say to my kids, if they were having a bad day, well, you actually get to make a choice on whether it's a bad day or a good day. But dad, you don't understand. No, actually I do understand. But your attitude is getting worked up. So you can't change what happened, but you can change today. Ah, sometimes they go in their room for a half an hour, come back out. How you doing? And they go, I said, awesome, good. You made the right choice. What happened to happy, happy, happy? Happy, happy, happy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. I want to encourage you, when you leave this building, make sure you have changed something. 
or else you'll just go out the same. And that's not the destiny of his bride gathering together. Let's pray the Holy Spirit helps us to discern these times, to fight the fights that we're called to fight, but make sure he goes first and we follow him in the battle. That's my motto. Not every spiritual battle is a fight you and I are called to fight. Sometimes there's an angel of the Lord that's neither for you or against you because he's on a mission that you're not on. We're honored to have Samuel Robinson and TJ Green visiting us this morning. They're just visiting. You need to come to Samuel's meeting tonight at 7 o'clock at Vancouver Revival Center in Maple Ridge. Powerful nights, powerful nights. And win some ministry team. You're supposed to go. But you see, Samuel, who I've known since a younger teenager, who's a mighty, fierce warrior, man of God, he's come to celebrate with us. So don't go drawing on him, let him relax. T.J. Green, also a mighty minister of God. He's younger. <laughs> so he's willing to minister. <laughs> so we're going to pray for the dinner. And then we're going to have a team up here. T.J. will be on it, plus our normal prayer team up here. You need a miracle sign and wonder, then you better not leave this building without getting prayer. And if you're up here too long, we're going to have a great time eating downstairs, okay? So, I'm just kidding. You smell it? I smell the burgers. I'm getting hungry, hungry, hungry. But our spiritual hunger better supersede our physical. If we lose our spiritual hunger, then we'll be eating the wrong spiritual food. The only food I'm willing to eat is right here, spiritually. Let's pray. If you're in this room right now and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need to make a decision right now. You need to say, I need Jesus. Because he died on that cross over 2,000 years ago. But he didn't just stay dead. Three days later, he rose again to give you life. Not just a bit of life, but life more abundantly. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you need to believe on him right now. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall be saved. You just have to believe right now. What does that look like? It means get rid of your own mindset and just start to say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you right now. I believe you are the savior of this world. And you just receive him in right now. Right now. It's all as easy as it is. Maybe you've just been feeling backslidden. Maybe you've just been feeling tired and weary. Maybe you've been feeling depressed about all that's going on around you. And you've just 
realize that you've let the wrong spirits in and the wrong eyesight. Say right now, oh Lord God, I ask you, open my eyes to see, to see your supernatural kingdom come, your will be done in my life. I repent of any sins or things that I've been doing. I ask, Lord God, right now that you will fill me with your Holy Spirit in such a mighty way. I'm willing to let go of that pain, that sorrow. I'm willing to let go of that cancer, that sickness, and that disease. I'm willing to let go of COVID in Jesus' name right now. And I'm willing to stay focused not on the problems of this world, but the solutions that I am through your word. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for all the servers that are downstairs, even as we've been up here, people serving and helping. Our children's ministry leaders, I pray, everyone who serves, the greeters, everyone, the musicians, everyone. I thank you for each one, Lord God. I thank you for the servers that even are sitting in front of us, getting ready to start to help in many different ways. Maybe they're visiting from another church, and they're going to start helping more in their own. I thank you pray blessings upon them and we pray blessings upon this food that we're about to partake and eat but first of all Lord God I thank you that your word here today was the best food that we could get for our own lives anytime we read the word it is good food and I pray for our government I pray tomorrow for the political shifts and changes I pray oh God we all pray together there's shifts and changes. I pray for the provinces that are locked down even more than us from church perspectives. I pray, oh God, for some of these rules and regulations that have come in that are just totally not correct. I pray that there will be a, a, a letting go and a, a, a realization from the scientists, oh God, <laughs> the ones that these people are listening to at least. Realize the way is not isolation, the way is not passports, the way is not shots, the way is Jesus Christ. But Lord, we stand here this morning before you, not a man, not a church, but you, O oh God. And we say, have your way in us. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the people said, Amen, amen, amen.